Today was kind of a gut check um, with the audience, with you, um, and we took phone calls today. There's a couple of phone calls that I think are really, really important. David sticks out in my mind. He is uh, one of very few phone calls that I think really reflect the time. I've had about three of them in the course of this uh, network career, and David is reflecting what I think many Americans are feeling right now. Listen. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Lincoln J. He is a video journalist for Rebel News. He was with the trucker convoy in Canada, uh, and he saw it firsthand. Lincoln, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. How's it going? Uh, it's good. So tell me, tell me uh, what happened. Is, is there any, um, was there any reported real violence? Was, were there any of these protesters that were out of hand at all? Well, <clears throat> I can tell you that I was on the ground since the 28th of January. So I've been here for quite a bit. I was here for the duration of the truckers convoy in Ottawa and I've described it previously as a, a family environment. Uh, no exaggeration. There was kids bouncing on bouncy castles. There was, they had food tents set up uh, across the city in the downtown core where they were feeding anybody in need, not just supporters, the truckers, but even if you were just a homeless person in the city, just so, simply someone in need, they were feeding everybody. So it's really crazy to see how the, the legacy media is, is in Canada is trying to spin this into something it's not and uh, is the 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 people seem to be okay with it at first the canadian people and then they got a little pissy because of the you know the bridges etc and then they seem to get angry with trudeau for not doing anything and now he's he's really done something what do the average canadians feel about this how is this playing to the average person in canada to be honest, it's it's really hard to judge. Like you said, at first, it seemed like everyone was on board. But then people, a lot of people started to feel like it was like it was time for them to leave. What I can tell you is that the locals in Ottawa, from what I've experienced on the ground, just walking around and being here, is that like I would say about half of the locals I've talked to in Ottawa are on board with it. And half just wanted them out, like we're like... They, were just, they just thought it was time to leave after the first weekend. But so I the, can only tell you. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, but out of those half, did they think that this was justified to get them out? Um, you know what? I can't comment on that because since since the Emergencies Act, since we saw the police enforcement that we saw over the past uh, three days, the city is completely like blocked off they, they now say it's a red zone so there's police checkpoints all over and you really can't come into the red zone which is like a big chunk of the downtown core unless you live or work in the area so honestly it's like it's like a ghost town in ottawa so i haven't really been able to assess the situation other than what i'm seeing on uh, on television through uh, mainstream media outlets and honestly it seems like a lot of people think that it was justified the way they uh, took the protesters out Jeez. and that's just what i'm gauging so tell me what you saw. Well, what I saw, like I said, was a peaceful, peaceful protest with no acts of violence that I saw with my own eyes for almost three weeks. And then 
everyone had a feeling that there was going to be uh, some sort of heavy police enforcement. And then all of a sudden we got a phone call and we said there's about 200 cops outside of the Weston Hotel, which is a hotel not far from Parliament Hill. And then it was basically like a flick of a switch. They just went all out. I, I've never seen such uh, police enforcement in my life. It was a, uh, it was intense pepper spray, tear gas canisters. As I'm sure you heard, my uh, my colleague Alexa Lebois got shot point blank in the leg with a uh, with a rifle that shoots out tear gas canisters. So oh my gosh! It it was it was nuts. And they were also stopping journalists from recording. I've I've seen some really nasty um, footage of the cops trying to shut journalists down. Yeah. So. There's a gentleman by the name of Andrew Lawton from True North. He got pepper sprayed uh, in the face. And then there's countless independent journalists here that, you know, just have their phone out and they're live streaming. And on the uh, Saturday night, there was a block party. And uh, so basically the protesters got pushed out of the the street, Wellington Street, that runs right in front of Parliament Hill. So then they kind of regrouped. And there was just like a, it was basically just like a, a dance party. They were just playing music and the police, we saw the same strategies. The police basically formed a line and they tried to just aggressively push this whole crowd out. And in the process, they were literally shooting people's phones. I saw, talked to two people who had their phones shot out of their hands with rubber bullets. Oh, my gosh. Um, the, um, the fact that these people, the police, say now that uh, they are going to continue this investigation and anyone involved is going to be debanked. Uh, what are people saying in the, in the protest? Are they worried about these things? Well, I can tell you firsthand um, for a fact that it is happening. Um, I spoke with a gentleman who, uh, who traveled here from Winnipeg to Ottawa to, in support of the truckers. And I'm assuming that he just donated some money, et cetera. And uh, he, his bank account is frozen. I've done a full report on him and uh, he has no access to his funds. He cannot make a debit purchase. He can't use his credit card, can't take out money, can't send any sort of wire transfers. It's, he's, it's completely frozen. And the, the bank, there's just no transparency with how long it's going to be frozen for or anything. So he's kind of just left in the dark with no access to his funds. He's got bills to pay. He's got a mortgage. He's got a daughter. And ultimately, he has to get home back home to Winnipeg. So he tells me he's all right, but it's just, it's nuts. And I can confirm that that is happening. How is he going to, how's he going to get home? That's the question, you know. And that was the question, too, with, you know, if they seize all these truckers' trucks, right, if they freeze their bank accounts, these, these, a lot of the truckers, the gentlemen driving the trucks, the women driving the trucks, they've driven across the country, you know, they've driven three, four days to get here. So if they're freezing their bank accounts, they're taking their rigs, they have basically nothing. How are they supposed to get home? I don't know, but I, I think we should. I, I watched these guys and they were peaceful. They were rational. Um, they were creating a family atmosphere, everything that I've seen and heard about these guys, you know, this nonsense of the of the Nazi flags. There was one and the protesters kicked that guy out and he was the only one with his face fully covered. Why? 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 Why is that? And we haven't found that guy. 
Um, this was not a Nazi rally. Uh, this was a freedom rally. And I, I think we should we should offer them a, a, a sanctuary here in the United States, quite honestly. Yeah, um, I I can't reiterate enough. I cannot express enough how how peaceful the environment was here. I, I've honestly never seen anything like it. It was three weeks of straight protests every day, and the streets of Ottawa were completely clean, like this, just completely clean. You had it's the temperatures are freezing here. There's a lot of snow. You had countless protesters, supporters shoveling the streets of shoveling snow on the streets of Ottawa. And like I said earlier, they were literally handing out food to anybody, anybody. It did not matter. So the fact that Justin Trudeau has literally stated that the people involved in the truckers convoy in Ottawa were stealing food from the homeless, it could not be any further from the truth. I don't know where. I simply don't know where he's getting his information from. Lincoln, how does this end? Does Parliament meet today? (laughs) Well, what I can tell you is that Justin Trudeau is having a press conference where I'm assuming he's going to address uh, the events that took place over the weekend and the, and ultimately the clearing out of the convoy. So on the streets of Ottawa right now, four days ago, it was filled with trucks, filled with trucks. Wellington street again, which is the street right in front of the parliament of Canada, just filled with trucks today. It is completely empty. So uh, my honest opinion on where this goes is, I think Trudeau is probably just going to continue on with how he's been acting and and what he's been doing. He seems to take no responsibility. He doesn't want to, he didn't want to negotiate, talk to the truckers, meet them halfway in any way. He just stuck to his principles, stuck to his agenda, whatever that is, and uh, he keeps moving forward. So it's tough to predict where this is going to go. Lincoln, thank you very much. Stay safe. And uh, and uh, tell all the truckers and anybody you meet to keep their chin up. They've done a great job keeping it peaceful and letting the world see who the real fascists are. Thank you so much, Lincoln. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Glenn. Really quick, guys. If you want to check out our coverage on the ground in Ottawa, we have a website called ConvoyReports.com. There you can see what actually took place here in Ottawa. Thanks a lot. ConvoyReports.com. By the way, um, we we have Trudeau. He's... The press conference has started, I guess. We're just going to have to wait for the translation because, again, I don't speak French, so I don't don't know exactly what he was saying. But he didn't sound happy, did he? That was uh, interesting. He was he was getting his day started on the right foot, I think. Yeah, do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, a little Good. coffee early yeah. in the morning. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's an early riser. Yeah, right he here. is, and, <laughs> and a vegan, and a vegan. Wow. Yeah. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And don't forget, rate us on iTunes. Uh, let me go to David in Maryland. Hello, David. Hello, Glenn. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Hey, I, I am a, a trucker down here in the States. I've been driving for 30 years. And I'm not real sure... What I've been I've been trying to work through what I'm going to do if called upon to stand up. Um, I actually have friends, business owners, even even people from my church saying, "Hey, we will financially support you if you choose to go." And I'm looking at them saying, "Do you see what's going on 500 miles north of us here?" And you're 
I don't know that I I want to put them in that position. You know, we have a my wife has a, a small business, home based business. She's a tutor out of our home. And I'm like, honey, you know, we could really risk losing everything if I go. But on the other hand, I'm really feeling called to go. I never thought, Glenn, that I would face what I call a founder's moment, but mm-hmm. it very well may be my life, my my fortune, as small as it is, and my sacred honor of being labeled an insurrectionist or a terrorist. I mean, I've got to consider all of that, and what what is it going to literally cost me to go down and say, you know, freedom? And like your caller said... Yeah, they've got a blueprint now. They've got something that they can implement to counter what what the convoy would do. So, yeah, I'm walking into this thing, or literally driving into this thing, right into the teeth of the thing, knowing exactly what's coming. But I'm still feeling somewhat compelled to go and, and to take a stand. I will tell you, uh, this is, David, we are all going to have to go through this um, dilemma all of us um we you're just one of the first to have to do it and i think this is a really good thing uh that you're you're going through uh i mean i'm really sorry whichever way you decide you will choose a side and everybody's going to have to and as dietrich bonhoeffer said not to stand is to stand you are making a commitment if you just stay silent and I'm not telling you which decision you should make. Everybody has to make that on their own. Um, but I, I think I, I will pray for you. And I would ask our audience to to uh, to pray for David and anybody like David. Which way are you leaning right now, David? Going. I, I can't look at this point in time in American history and shrink back and think someone else is going to do it. I would, I'm. Been, I really listened to the words of your intro song, you know, to stand up, to hold the line. It's time to do something. And, Glenn, here's the, here's the thing that really has me, I'm wrestling with. I'm a Christian. My wife and I are believers. This isn't, uh, we, we don't have a let's go Brandon sign or a sticker or a flag or anything like that. We have, we literally do not make our politics known at all and we're not doing this as a political statement this freedom that we're fighting for is something that's guaranteed in the constitution that gives freedom to every american citizen we don't care if they're gay straight black purple whatever it's freedom we're asking the government to give us back our freedom. When all of this happened with COVID, Glenn, my first question was, how do the American people get the power back that the government seized during all of this? How do they get the power back to open their businesses? How do they get the power back to freely associate? How do they get the power back to go back out and live their lives? They don't. So if we don't stand now, there's no going backwards from here. It's only going to go forward. So somebody's got to stand. And if at first, Glenn, it was the first responders, it was the nurses, the doctors, you know, yeah, the truckers, we trucked all the time and just hauled freight. But those were the people that were in front. And now look what they're doing to them if they don't get the shots. Well, now, if it's the truckers turn to stand up, Glenn, I've got to stand. I know I have to stand. I can't 
I'm just about ready to burst into tears. I can't sit here and watch this go by knowing I've got three adult daughters, 25, 23, and 21, that are just starting their lives and saying, ladies, I'm sorry, you're going to have to put up with whatever's coming. I can't do that. David, maybe... Sorry, man. (laughs) No, no. Maybe three or four times in the history of this show, and it's always a pivot. Someone will call in and speak the words that so many are feeling, and it's it's never with bravado. It's always with deep reflection and sorrow that they speak those words. You are that caller for this time hold on david because i want to give you a bit of something to chew on uh over the next few days and weeks and months david the the reason why uh i say there's always there's always a caller and there's been maybe three in uh the last 20 years 22 years of my broadcast um that speak from the heart and speak the truth. There are a lot of callers that have a lot of bravado and I will have even bravado from time to time. But those are the things that led us to the declaration of independence. And that's good. But that, that is the summer soldier. That is the summer soldier. Somebody who is there when it's nice and warm and everything is great. And we're having these, you know, we think we're on top of the world and yeah, let's, let's break away. Let's break away from England. And then the reality sets in. And I think that's what's happened here. That's what is happening, at least in my house. The reality of where and when we are is beginning to set in. And now it's not necessarily, um, there, there can be no hyperbole. Because you're going to have to do one or the other. And now we're all thinking, okay, well, what does this mean for me? Because it's just up at the border. And we're seeing the same kinds of things being done with the January 6th investigation. And we see how they are trying to go after people's banks, bank accounts. When we went into the, into the war, it was in July. And we started fighting after the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And we lost every single battle until December 25th that year. Every battle we lost, we were in retreat. On December 23rd, Thomas Paine wrote these words. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of their country. But he who stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of men and women. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us. The harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. And heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods. And it would be strange indeed if so celestial of an article as freedom should not be highly rated. 
the government with an army to enforce her tyranny has declared that she has a right fill in the blank. But that's to bind us in all cases whatsoever. And if being bound in that matter is not slavery, then there is no such thing as slavery upon the earth. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Welcome. We're glad you're here. It's uh, it was fascinating to follow the truckers this weekend to see what was going on. Uh, Trudeau is supposed to have a, a press conference this morning. I, I mean, I don't know what he's going <laughs> to what, what he's going to say. Oh, you had some footage of, of him. Well, earlier. I have him from the weekend. Here's Trudeau on the um, on the truckers over the weekend. <laughs> Right, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't speak French Canadian, and uh, yeah, because I, I think even if you speak French, you don't fully understand that. There's a there's no. like another dialect. It's a, it. well, it's mm-hmm. the occupied French, mm. you know. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, but I, I will tell you, it is terrifying to hear the um, the the police chief of Ottawa that was. Uh, Saying what, you know, they're not done yet. They got the trucks off the street, but they're not done yet. The protesters at this point, uh, you know, uh, retreat and go home. Uh, are they going to be getting sort of repercussions down the road? Or are you going to be sort of actively pursuing the people that you've been sort Listen of documenting and filming who are still out there protesting? What are your plans after this, uh, after the protest is over? Thank you. It's a great question. And the simple answer is yes. If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. Absolutely. This investigation will go on for months to come. It has many, many different streams, both from a federal uh, financial level, from a provincial licensing level, from a criminal code level, from a municipal breach of court order, breach of court injunction level. It will be a complicated and time consuming um, investigation that will go on for a period of time. You have my commitment that that investigation will continue and we will hold people accountable for taking our streets away. How did Trudeau get in there? I don't don't think he was at that press conference. Uh, Let me go to Wayne in Pennsylvania on line nine. Hello, Wayne. Hey, good morning, Glenn. um, When you say uh, you won't recognize your country. Uh, today, I really found that based on what's happening in Canada and what's happening here. I was stationed in Germany while I was in the army between 83 to 85. And the wall was still up in Czechoslovakia. And we actually had a trip to go there. And one of the things that they told us was do not raise your hand. Do not point. Do not make any loud gestures because the towers were staring at us and actually photographing us and they were going to use that as propaganda. So you're basically feared or told to fear what can happen to you if you kind of like point at them or make gestures. And I'm like, this is 
getting kind of eerily similar. You know, there was mm-hmm. the, the freedom on that side of the, 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 the wall was excruciating, looked like it's painful. And, and uh, you know, it's just amazing. I never thought we'd get to that spot where I feel like I'm on the border of Czechoslovakia again. This is crazy. Yeah, I, I will tell you the, the, the banking things that, I mean, it has made it good, I, I think. I, I think people are waking up even more to ESG and what's happening in our banking sector because of what uh, Trudeau did. Uh, when, when they can just shut down your banking service, and they're, they're now not doing it um, as soon as this is lifted, they're saying that, you know, it'll be up to the banks whether they feel comfortable doing uh, banking services for people that have participated in this. Right now, they're cut off. But, you know, if they were involved in any way, they'll have to make their own decision because that might be risky business. That's exactly what ESG is. And if people don't get that now, I, I don't know what's going to get them to wake up. Because once you cut off people's livelihoods and their insurance, you're done. What else is there to control? I had a conversation. I go into people's homes for flooring. And um, I had a conversation with someone who was very wealthy, very well-to-do, and started asking them because I had list- I've listened to you for years. And you, you came out with the reset and the, the ESG scores. Yeah. And I've asked them, I said, have you seen anything come across? Cause you put up that display showing uh, the ESG score. And I said, have you seen anything come across your retirement account on this? And they said, no, what are you talking about? You know, like I was in the conspiracy stuff. I said, just about a year from now, you'll see. And sure enough, <laughs> we are there. And we are people who, who we were talking to. And, you know, I was able to have that because of what you, what you shared um people are they're they're starting to wake up and they're coming back going yeah i had no clue what you were talking about i thought you were just conspiracy and here we are yeah we're, we're living in in a time like i said like border czechoslovakia we're going the other way they're putting us on the other side of that board and for a man to call up and and be fearful to uh, be able to drive his truck make a decision between his family or his freedom is very, very sad. And it's very scary. It should really, um, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't see it that way, Wayne, but I should have. And it, uh, it really does say everything about what time we're living in. You know, I, I read something from Immanuel Kant once. There are many things that I believe that I shall never say, but I shall never say the things that I do not believe. And, I wondered what kind of a world he lived in and we're there now. Do I stand up and risk financial ruin for the first time in my lifetime? Our lives, our fortunes and our sacred honor are meant. We mean that now. If you're going to if you're going to choose to get involved, you have to know you could lose everything. And if you don't, I mean, you know, then the the Bible comes to mind on, uh, you know, trying to save, trying to save what doesn't matter. Uh, you're going to lose everything that does. And that's what it those those things feel true to me. 
if you if you sit down now. But where is the leader? That's that's the thing we have missing is there is no Martin Luther King. There is there's no one to lead at this point. And it has to be you. It has to be you. Lead your own family and your own children. And uh, just do the next right thing. Let me go to uh, John in Indiana. Hi, John. Glad. Good morning. Hey, how are you? I hope hope you can hear me okay. I'm laying on the floor with my head between a toilet and a sink. No, I'm not drunk. Um, <laughs> is that a normal thing for you? To, is that where your phone is located, or are you repairing? Uh, no, uh, I'm actually trying to fix it, which I recommend everyone learn how to fix at least uh, the basics. Yep. Um, my wife is a low-level executive with one of the major banks, and we sat down and discussed ESG numerous times. It's easily available on their website. Um, your book ought to be here within a couple of weeks, but boy, do we fight like crazy. Yeah. She wants nothing to do with it. She's on the side of a bank. Um, I was willing to give up my job with a long time in, and she just want, she's going crazy. She won't buy any, but what the heck do I do? Uh, well, I don't, I don't know. We're all going to face the, the difference here is that she's working at a bank. All of us are working at companies most likely, unless it's a small company that in one way or another is involved in ESG. And, um, right now the way to, uh, make sure that you don't lose your soul is to speak out against it. Don't, don't go to these training meetings where you have to admit your whiteness or whatever, um, don't, don't, uh, don't play into any of the S's, uh, you have to remain solid on that. Once you start going down that road, it gets easier and easier, uh, to really to lie. Don't do that. Um, however, we're all working for companies that are, that are somewhere or another related. It's the banking industry that is leading it. And I don't know which bank your wife works for and i don't want to know because i don't want to hurt her um but uh is it a is it is it one of the big five banks uh i i will say used to be okay um it 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 may not i mean there are banks that are playing along and they're doing it because they know they have to and there are other banks that are really running it up the flagpole and saluting every day to it. Um, and it's, it's, it is evil. It will be used for evil. Um, unlike anything that we've seen, you guys have to just make your own decision. Um, and I don't, uh, you, you're not going to be able to avoid brushing up against ESG wherever you go. You will not be able to avoid it unless you're running your own business and then you'll run into it with the banks. Just keep standing, brother. Just keep standing. Or laying underneath your sink in between your toilet and your sink fixing things. <laughs> we don't know that that's not where his phone was located, though. I mean, he wasn't clear. No, I mean, maybe that's just where you go to make calls. That's sometimes I got to make a call. Yeah. 
Okay, you need the phone? It's uh, under the uh, <laughs> bathroom sink right there. Just put your head between the toilet and the sink, and it's good. It's a great place. Da, da, da.